I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Olaf whips it across. Carlos partner scores on the rebound. Lovko gets his second of the year. And just like that, the Bruins being the Bruins lead it two to nothing. Well, that ends up being your game winner, Jacob Lauko. That was back at the 1327 mark of period number two. That made it 2 to nothing. That was all Boston would need. They would add five more along the way and win it 7-1. to That's the play of the game brought to you by NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. Let's get to our save of the game here while we're giving you some highlights. It's brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. While at least was still a game, the best saber on the ice early, keeping Buffalo in it, was Uka Pekka Lukanen. To the far circle. Pasternak rounds. Oh my goodness. Uko Pekalukinen. What a gem you are on that play. That was all net until Uko Pekalukinen took his house right back. Yeah, Lukinen coming up big there early on Pasternak starting of the second period, which keep it, kept the score nothing, nothing. But Boston got two in the second to make it two, nothing. And then in the third period, five more. The only. Uh, Blemish for the Bruins on this night, a goal from Casey Middlestat with just under five to go and a 7-1 to one final. Brian Colsey with you here on the postgame show. Let's bring in Paul Hamilton now. Paul, tonight the Sabres got a uh, first class, uh, first row seat rather, to uh, the best team in the National Hockey League. Uh, I know we could maybe debate what Buffalo didn't do well here, but um, I go away from this game more so just saying like, wow, that's that's the team that, probably should win the Stanley Cup this year. They were just tremendous. They were. I hate the Sabres gave up at the end. I yep. really and it doesn't happen much, but they absolutely hung their goalie at the end and I hate that Lukanen gave up five goals in that game because he played a really good game. And then the Sabres just abandoned him. And I mean two of the seven were empty netters, but he gives up five. And look at the goals he gave up. They're just wide open just I just I just don't think he deserved that five goals scored on him in this game. I thought he was excellent in this game and um I'm I'm sitting there looking at Swayman got the first star of the game for what? For his first period? I mean he's yeah, he played really well in the first period. And 
rest of the game he could see stood down there. He faced 18 shots the rest of the game. How many of them were good scoring chances? Not many. He, he did make some really good saves in the first period. So you, you get the first star in a 7-1 to game because you made good saves in one period. Um, I, I just I don't get that. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, this is such a small thing. At 3 nothing. I have no idea why Granado's pulling the goalie. I just don't think it's good for your team to watch goals go ri- rolling into your net. I think you, you're just better off with five minutes left. You're pulling the goalie down three against this team. Uh, I, I For what? I I don't know what you're getting out of that other than a goal in your net. And then that, that opened the floodgates. I mean, yeah, you, you came back and Middlestad scored a goal, but then, then you know, you, you give them – back-to-back shorthanded goals, one in an empty net again. And I don't know. I, there's there's a lot I didn't like in that third period. But, um, yeah, I would agree with you. The, the, worst of, the worst of it all, Paul, I thought, was the final three minutes when, when uh, you know, say, Skinner's got a chance in front there. I'm not saying that they, they make this uh, dramatic in any way, but he could have made it 4-2. So, I mean, you know, at that point, it's still a hockey game. And, it, you know, he doesn't score. It's 4-1, but then you're right. It felt like they just totally gave up, and then Lukanen's sitting there watching the puck go in the net three more times, and I don't blame him for breaking the stick over the over the net there at the end, but just probably being annoyed of, like, guys, we still got to play here, you know, especially yeah, against the best team in the league. The goals. I don't think right. any of them, you can tag on them. And, you know, it, it was basically a 3 nothing game, which isn't good. But, I mean, we can talk about that. We're basically talking about a 3 nothing game. So what what did we see in this game? Let's pretty much leave it at 3 nothing. Forget about all the garbage that went on after that. Um, we saw the second-best goal-scoring team in the NHL play the best defensive team in the NHL. And the best defensive team won in spades. And, you know... I, I like to see scoring, and the Bruins are quite capable of scoring. They're third in the league in scoring, and maybe after this game, maybe it'll pass the Sabres. I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah, they will pass the Sabres because coming in was 3-7-3 to 3-7-6. So, uh, but, yeah, it, it just was, you know, a, a blanketed defense. The Sabres had a good first period. You know, they, they had a couple of good chances. Swayman made some really good saves in the first period, and then they were on their heels in the second, left the second down 2 nothing. and most most games you'd say, all right, they're fine. They can score goals. So, you know, you're going in the third period down two. It's not over, but it is the Boston Bruins. I think you're kind of thinking it is over at 2 nothing. Yeah. And then they score 335 in to make it 3 nothing. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're talking about until 1444 when Granado decides to pull the goalie and they get an empty netter at 1444. We're talking about a 3 nothing hockey game. And it was just, it, it doesn't help for the Sabres that they're missing their second and third leading scores like when you're going to play the Boston Bruins in Boston. So, you know, that's not going to help your offense going forward. But, you know, who knows if maybe they get a couple on Swayman and he doesn't make those great saves in the first period. Maybe maybe it's going to be different, but Lucan had made some phenomenal saves throughout to to, to keep it at three nothing until uh, you know they pulled the goalie and that it just seemed like they got totally disinterested after that. And you mentioned Darlene out and Tuck out as we uh, can make that our injury report. Brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. 
And Paul uh, Granado kind of indicated today that we shouldn't expect Darlene on Saturday against Tampa, right? Yes. That was yesterday he had talked about that. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm sitting there as we're talking. I, I was wondering why they had Lucan credited for six goals against. Now they have him credited for four. What is wrong with these scores these days? <laughs> the shots the other day went from 50 to 49 to 53 to 55 and then back to 49 or 50. <laughs> And, and here I am sitting there looking at It's not hard. Let's see. Seven minus two empty netters is five. What is, what is so hard about this? Yep. Uh, let's get some stats in here. Brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Saber debut of Riley Stillman, Paul. He's credited with six hits, two block shots, 18 and a half minutes. What do you think of his night? I thought it started off really well, and I thought it deteriorated as it went on. Um, he he kind of struggled. He was uh, – I'm trying to think which one. Uh, he he had a problem on one of the goals where he dove forward and, and was on the ice uh, for the Lauco goal. It must have been that one because as I looked down, he was on the ice for that one. He was on the ice for Middlestat's goal, and he was on the ice for Zaka's goal. And you know what? That's the one I'm thinking of where he just kind of dove – was on the ice for Orloff's goal. So I, I just thought it was a night where, you know, he threw some hits. I think he, he might have been a little nervous. He had five hits in the first period, one for the rest of the game. And, uh, you know, he was on the ice for some goals against. And he'll get better. I mean, he he, he really hasn't practiced with this team. So he'll get a chance to practice. It was basically go out and play. And that's what he did. He went out and played. So, you know, once he gets a better idea of what the Sabres want to do, I'm sure he'll be better too. All right, Paul, let's, uh, let's not beat a dead horse here on a 7-1 to game. Let's look ahead to Saturday, Tampa. If there's one thing that Don Granado's team has talked about, it's how they've responded when they've had really uh, stinkers and clunkers. I guess I'd file this in that category. So uh, Tampa in on Saturday. I mean, God, geez, the Sabres just got off a stretch, Paul, where they had Toronto, Tampa, Florida, and we were sitting here saying, like, man, that's as tough as it gets. Well, this stretch right here is Boston, Tampa, Edmonton. That's that's a pretty tough three-game stretch here, too, that they've got. Yeah, and they're going to have to figure out their home ice woes. I mean, uh, they had a, they beat Washington at home, so you're thinking, okay, there you go. But, uh, you know, look at the games other than Washington. Columbus didn't play well. Toronto, they were horrible. Um, Calgary and Carolina were just like, oh, my God, that that those were worse. And they had kind of, they came off those games. They had beaten the Islanders at home, and they had beaten the Ducks at home on consecutive games. So they had won two in a row at home. So uh, really, they've only had one decent home game since then, and that was the win over the Washington Capitals. So you know now you're you're coming home for four out of five, but you're playing some good teams: Tampa, Edmonton, Dallas, and the Rangers at home. You haven't played the Rangers yet. And they've made some trades, and now you've, you've got them three times before the end of the season. So, you know, this isn't going to be easy. They're going to have to figure out how to play consistently well against good teams uh, if they don't want to go tumbling out of this race. And it's going to start Saturday. Well, it did already start in this game here, but it's going to continue on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who they have played close all year and finally got over the hump on February 23rd when they beat him in overtime in Tampa. But they came, they they had third-period leads in the two losses and weren't able to hold on to them, but were able to come through in Tampa. So we'll see what that does for them. 
Yeah, that uh, famed Ilya Labushkin goal that made it 6-5 in overtime that they end up winning on. Uh, Paul, tomorrow you'll obviously uh, be busy. You'll be at KeyBank Center all day, correct? Can you let yep. us let us know in uh, what's the timeline and the coverage like tomorrow? Yeah, the, tr- the uh, trade deadline, of course, ends at 3, and then we'll hear from Kevin Adams, and you'll hear it here on WGR Sports Radio 550, sometime between 3 and 4, depending on, you know, what what's going on and when he comes comes in to talk and, and those types of things. But it's been crazy, crazy tread. Nothing I've ever – I've never seen anything like this. It's just absolutely crazy, the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, most, most if not all, of the big names are gone. So, uh, you know, you, you, you just – I don't know what to expect from tomorrow because uh, me and the veteran people around the NHL really have never seen anything like this. You see some trades beforehand, a couple, but not like this where just everything is gone. And Haywire, you know, lesser players, the big fish, everything, you know, just went in a week and I, no explanation really for it. But uh, we'll see how it affects tomorrow. I mean, I know how it's going to affect tomorrow. I mean, unless we're going to start trading NFL players, I don't know who's getting traded tomorrow. There will be a few, but uh, most of them have already been traded. Yeah, it's been fun. Hopefully we get a little bit more fun tomorrow. I know Sabre fans are itching for something uh, other than the, the small moves that have been made so far, so we'll see if it happens. Paul, we'll be listening for you tomorrow, and then I'll see you Saturday morning down at KeyBank Center. Okay, sounds good. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton there with us on the postgame. And as Paul mentioned, for all of you listening on our flagship on WGR, we'll have uh, Kevin Adams tomorrow, his live uh, press conference uh, after the trade deadline. Uh, And for all of you listening on our affiliate stations, you can listen at WGR550.com or on the Odyssey app tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m. Paul will be at KeyBank Center all afternoon long, so uh, make sure that you're with us. And again, uh, listening to our flagship station and Checking out our website, WGR550.com, for the latest on the NHL trade deadline, which is tomorrow. All right, for all of those affiliates that we just mentioned, we'll say goodnight to you. If you want to keep listening, go to WGR550.com. And uh, for all of you on our flagship, more postgame coming up. We'll check that out-of-town scoreboard. We'll update you on the standings, what happened to the Sabres with this loss tonight. In the race for the wild card, we'll have that when we return. Final score from Boston, Bruins roll the Sabres 7-1. I'm Brian Colziel. More postgame in a moment. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Sabres postgame show. Brian Colsey with you. Bruins just steamroll the Sabres tonight. 7-1, a monster third period in which they scored five goals. Middle stat, the lone tally for the Sabres, his 10th of the season. Let's go around the league now. Check the out-of-town scores. For most of the night, it was trending in Buffalo's favor, and unfortunately for the Sabres, it kind of hit a snag uh, just with these couple of games just going final. We'll start in Tampa. The Lightning scoring late on a goal from Hedman to tie it up at four. It goes to overtime. And then Zucker scores 213 into the OT. So the Penguins get a big two points tonight, win five to four in overtime. Elsewhere, Ottawa, after being down to the Rangers multiple times in the game, they come back and win five to three. Giroux ends up getting the game winner, Chikrin, in his debut tonight. Senators are now tied with the Sabres. 5-3, Senators win it. So those two games not going the way of the Sabres. 
two games that do help the Sabres. One of them, uh, the Panthers stay tied with Buffalo in the standings. They lose at home to Nashville, 2-1. to one. Brandon Montour, the former Sabre, the lone tally for Panthers there. And Detroit gets a point, a loser point. Uh, they lose at home in overtime to the Kraken. Bjorkstrand gets the game winner in on the power play. 333 into the OT for Seattle. All right, so the Penguins get two points. Panthers, none. Senators, two. Red Wings, one. And, of course, the Sabres get zero. So what does that mean for the wild card? Here it is up to the second. Pittsburgh, 71 points. The top wild card at the moment. And also the top points percentage team at 582 amongst the teams fighting for the wild card spot. In second right now, the wild card two is being held by the Islanders with 70 points, just one back. Uh, points percentage-wise, they're at 547. And the Sabres are actually still ahead. Points percentage right now, Buffalo is actually still wild card two, despite losing two in a row. You've got the Sabres four points back of the Islanders with four games in hand with 66 points. There are four teams with 66 points. Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida, Washington. Points percentage-wise, though, the Sabres are the best amongst that group. And then you've got Detroit one point back at 65. So, again, seven teams right now fighting for two spots. If you go by points percentage, it's Penguins-Sabres in that order. If you just go by points as of this moment, it's Penguins-Islanders in that order. All right. There's your look around the league. TJ, you and I were discussing during the break. Two straight losses for the Sabres. You lose at home to Columbus. The home woes are brought up again. That scar is reopened. Columbus on paper is the worst team in the East. Then just, you know, a drubbing tonight. No Darlene, no Tuck. And there's moves being made by all these East teams. So, you know, it feels like a barrage here over these last three days of, I'm, I, I understand it, why maybe Sabre fans feel down. But we can flip it and say, points percentage-wise, the Sabres are wild card two still at this moment. So... With 22 games left, uh, the, whoa, man, our season is over statement should probably not be made, even though I understand why immediately right now it doesn't feel like it's trending well. I absolutely understand it, but at the same time, you know, let's have some awareness for what's going on. They're down two of their most important players right now. Losing to Columbus on Tuesday stings a little bit more with tonight, but I don't think there's any reason to think that they've lost the plot or anything. Like you said, they've they have 20 games to go, 21, 20, yeah, 20, 21 games to go. They're, they have the points percentage that keeps them uh, in a playoff spot. If they just keep on the current pace that they're going, I, I don't see why anybody should be down long term for, for the year. Yeah. If, as long as you feel like you can get Darlene and Tuck back and you're still in this spot where points percentage wise, maybe you're still, you know, wild card two or at worst the third. Uh, team here in that race, then I feel like you still got to feel like you're in it. Which is why I would still then be motivated and interested in to, to tomorrow, TJ, to see if there can be something done. Now, look, it's fun and exciting to see Patrick Kane traded and um, Vladimir Tarasenko traded to the Rangers. And Timo Meyer would have been a lot of fun, too. Um, you know, and the Devils, of course, obviously got Meyer. The Rangers have made a couple of big moves. Boston's made moves. Look at, we saw Orloff tonight, uh, you know, getting in on that. Ryan O'Reilly was not coming back to the Sabres. The Leafs are making moves. But if there was one trade made to me that stings, it's the Jacob Chickering trade to Ottawa. 
not only a team that I think is in the exact same kind of spot as the Sabres, a young team, upcoming talent, promising future that maybe didn't want to mortgage the future, Ottawa go ahead and took the plunge with some picks, and uh, they're tied in the standings with Buffalo. The age and what the Sabres need, like it kind of fit exactly what you wanted, TJ, at the same time, you would not have to have taken away a piece from the current locker room, which I know is maybe the argument against making a move right now. Yeah, I think I think you want to look at that carefully because there's definitely players that there's players that want moves out. You just traded away Bjork uh, to give him a home in the NHL. You still have Vinny Hinnestroza, who's uh, been pretty vocal about wanting a trade out of here to have his own NHL home. I think those are the guys who they're looking to move. I don't think they want to adjust anything with the current group and what they've done this year. And I'm also not sure if. You know, just looking at the way Kevin Adams is approaching this deadline here and not really being a player on any of those major moves, I really wonder what Adams thinks. I'm sure he wants the team to make the playoffs by the end of the year, but I I do wonder if that is the ultimate goal or if that'll simply be something that will be a good thing to happen for the team. Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow will be interesting. Of course, we'll have coverage all day long here uh, on WGR. Paul will be down at KeyBank Center and we'll have Kevin Adams' comments, his press conference after the trade deadline, 3 p.m. So, you know, my guess is he'll speak at some point, maybe around 4, if I was going to just guess, uh, unless there's some sort of big move uh, by the Sabres uh, around that 3 o'clock deadline period. Uh, Let's get to our electric player of the game now, brought to you by Town Auto Group for an electrifying performance. Check out Town Auto Group's lineup of EVs. I'm going to give it to Pasternak. I know there's probably about five or six Bruins you could have went with just, but he seemed to just be around the ice. The word electric player of the game, yeah. That one play where he keeps the puck in at the blue line, just beating Samuelson by like a split second to get it there, and then he makes the perfect feed toward the net to set up the eventual goal. Uh, impressive, as always. He had a goal and two assists, three points. So uh, Pasternak, our electric player of the game tonight. Let's get our first response from the fans now as we uh, go from Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy as they respond first and faster to any size disaster. Visit Team Luzzy. You can always send me your thoughts after each and every game at Brian WGR. Uh, Just looking through some of the tweets coming in right now. John says, Sabres seem to be finished without their best two players, plain and simple. I think we said, you know, 22 games still. Still wild card two as a points percentage at the moment. A lot of hockey to play. I'm not ready to make that statement quite yet. Uh, Andrew said, team quit in front of their goalie. That wasn't pretty. I would agree. Paul obviously led off with that. He said, look, out of all the things that happened, he was most annoyed how the Sabres quit on Lucan in there, giving up three goals in the final three and a half minutes. So I would agree with that statement as well. All right, so 7-1 to the final. Up next, Tampa, Edmonton, two in a row at home, two very high-quality opponents. Saturday, uh, 12-30. Uh, I believe we'll actually have an hour and a half pregame on Saturday. So look for us to be on the air at 11. Um, and then uh, taking you up to puck drop at 12-30 with Sabres and Tampa Bay. And with that, we'll say goodnight here and put a wrap on the postgame. I want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, our network producer. Thank you, TJ, for your work tonight. Kyle Powell on our social media and game story. Check it out, WGR550.com. Paul Hamilton is our reporter. Tom Maddy is our engineer. Mike Shope was our pregame show host. And for Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray, I'm Brian Colziel. Thank you for listening. Bruins 7, Sabres 1. Trade deadline coverage all day tomorrow on WGR, and then I'll talk to you Saturday at Key Bank Center with the Sabres and the Lightning right here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Good night, everyone.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.